Y'all, I'm very excited. We're closing the series this morning, and y'all help me out. The series is called my big fat mouth. Okay, so in the last several weeks, we have been talking about specific things, issues that we are dealing with, with our big fat mouth. Week number one was my biggest issue, and that is the issue of complaining. Anybody ever deal with the issue of complaining? And so we talked about those two big pieces with the issue of complaining, and issue number one, or, or the two big pieces was this. Number one, if you can change your circumstances, or if you cannot change your circumstances, if you can change your circumstances, Josh, get your words right, please, at some point today, then do something about it. But it ain't doing you no good complaining about it. And then number two is if you cannot change your circumstances, then change your viewpoint. And I gave you guys a challenge. It was a 21-day challenge to stop complaining. Just out of curiosity, how many of you guys have taken the challenge? Ooh, that's a lot. Alicia, come join me real quick. Do you mind? Come join me. Y'all, we have somebody in our church that has become quite famous on Facebook with her 21-day uh, challenge. Give it up for Alicia. I get a text message at least three times a, a week of one of our staff members screenshotting her 21-day challenge and sending it to me because it's absolutely awesome. Alicia, I have a couple of questions for you. Uh, okay, number one, we've been in this thing now for 20 days today. So today is day 20. Um, just out of curiosity, what day are you on right now? Well, so I posted something a few days ago. And my dad told me, you, you need to stop. You need to quit. <laughs> and my mom and dad did not raise a quitter. I am on day one. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. How many of y'all are on day one with her? Woo! <laughs> We're not celebrating that, y'all. <laughs> okay, let me ask you this. Out of this 20 days, what is the most days that you've done in a row? So I did make it through two days and I was so, I, I bragged to somebody in Bible class, I was on day three, but that lasted like just a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question is, what have you learned about yourself during this challenge? One of the uh, points that you made um, on the first week about complaining is there were three different types of complainers. The first one was a chronic complainer. And so in my head, I was like, oh, I don't know a lot of those. <laughs> but you know, it takes one to know one. Yes? So I am a chronic complainer. Well, <laughs> okay, what are some steps that you are trying to put in place or you're beginning to put in place or you're planning on putting in place to help you to get past this day one? So most of my complaining comes when I'm in the car. I um, have road rage. That's, there's a reason that I don't have a decal on my car for Clawson, because I would never embarrass us like that. Um, so I've started listening to um, books because I can set my cruise control, listen to books, and it, it kind of calms me down a little bit. So Very that's cool. one thing I've done. So Very cool. So what she's saying is you got to figure out ways to stop. And it's going to be practical pieces for you. God touches your heart, but then you got to do disciplines to get yourself better. Last question is, what's your goals? 
in this? So my goal is to complete this challenge. I love a challenge. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take me, but one of the things I've noticed is I'm so quick to complain or criticize. And when the opportunity comes to me to give a positive uh, note or to encourage somebody, my words are lost. So I want to work on that. I want to be as quick to encourage and as quick to give somebody a positive note um, because a joyful heart is good medicine. Mm. Yes. So I want to have a joyful heart. That's Woo! what I want to get from this. Y'all give it up for Alicia. Thank you, Alicia. Amen. If you have not taken the challenge and you want to jump in, we do have some of these bracelets. What the challenge is, is you take this bracelet, you put it on your wrist, uh, and there's some at the Connect booth in the back. And every time that you complain, you have to move it to the opposite wrist and you have to start uh, your 21 days over. So I have made it three days. I'm beating Alicia right now, barely. Um, but I'm actually back at day one today. We, we had a lock-in this weekend, and you can't do a lock-in without at least a little bit of complaining. Uh, and so, and so, um, so uh, I'm, I'm back with her starting over. But if you would like to take that challenge, listen, you'll learn a lot about yourself. You'll learn that there's some things that maybe you didn't even realize that you needed to work on that you do need to work on. And uh, start working on, if you're okay with a challenge, you'll start working on how to fix those things. So week one was complaining. Week number two, we talked about criticizing, in which I gave you this quote. Any fool can criticize, complain, and condemn. And most fools do. But it takes character and self-control to be understanding and forgiving. Amen. Listen, so that whole message was built around this. God hasn't called us down here to be criticizers of everything. God has put us down here to encourage people. And so that message was all about being an encouragement. Then last week, y'all, I'm not going to lie, my wife, my wife knocked it out the park. My wife. My wife knocked it out of the park. Now, I... I I may be a little bit biased, just a little bit, but I did not want to tackle gossiping. That is a hard and touchy subject and everybody's getting offended in the room and y'all were, because y'all were quiet. <laughs> but she didn't she do a great job last week? If you missed those messages and you want to get on and check them out, you can get on our YouTube channel, website, app, Facebook, all the different things. Well, today we're going to close out this series with a, um, a very, very cool topic. Um, so I'm going to start with a story. Uh, little Johnny, a uh, young man, has started going to school and he started to come home and begin to share some of the words that he's learning at school, at home, and mom is beginning to be a little bothered by this. Has anybody ever had that go on at your house? And so mom's trying to figure out exactly what she needs to do to get Johnny back in gear, and he's going, and he's learning these words, and he's coming back home, and he's saying these words, and she's trying to explain to him why they're bad words, and he's like, no, 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 everybody at school says them, they're okay. So all this is going on, and so she's frustrated. She goes to her pastor, and she's, you know, pastors are full of wisdom and knowledge, y'all. And so she goes to her pastor and she says, this is going on with Johnny and I'm trying to figure out what to do. Like, should I get a belt and spank him? Should I wash his mouth out with soap? Like, should I ground him from all of the things that he likes? I need him to stop saying these words. He's embarrassing me. It's horrible. What do I need to do, pastor? So he sits there and he says, well, I got just the thing. Next time he starts saying those words, you just rear back and you slap the snot out of him. And she looks at him and she says, 
well, okay. So she goes home, and the next morning, she's, she's up, and she's fixing her coffee, and she's having a good day, and Johnny and little brother comes, and they jump at the table, and mom says, Johnny, what do you want for breakfast, baby? And he says, just give me some of them blankety blank blank cornflakes. And then he starts to look up, and about the time that he gets about right here, I mean, bam! She just hits him, and she hit, his glasses fly off. He goes into the floor, and he is just laying on the floor stunned. And she's looking at him, and she takes that breath in. She looks over at baby brother, and she says, baby, what would you like for breakfast? And he turns real white, and he says, mama, I don't care, but just I don't want no cornflakes. <laughs> Amen. Well, listen, y'all, today we're going to talk about cursing. And even though I had a funny story to go with cussing, I'm not actually going to be talking about cussing in the sense of words being wrong. I'm going to talk about cursing in the sense of you speaking things that you should not into people's lives. But since I told a story on cursing, I think there's a lot of times questions in Christians mind like, what word is a bad word? What word's a good word? Like, how do I, how do I define what word is a bad word and a good word and what word's okay for me to say and what shouldn't I say? Anybody ever deal with that? We got a few honest people and everybody else is liars. Okay. Okay. All right. So listen, Ephesians chapter four and verse 29 says this. It says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything that you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Now, if you're in here and you battle with whether cussing is wrong or not wrong, because maybe it doesn't say in the Bible, hey, you should not say this word. You ever see that in the Bible? I haven't found that one. Shouldn't say this word. In fact, if you read the King James Version of the Bible, half of the words that we describe as cuss words are in the King James Version. It uses the term ass to describe a donkey. It's damned is just all through there. I, it was really funny. I was wearing my Hell House shirt on my bus, my Hudson bus. I drive a, a school bus for Hudson. I was wearing my Hell House shirt, and I turn around, and a little kid looks up at me. He's about five, and he says, you have a cuss word on your shirt. I said, boy, hell ain't a cuss word. Hell's a place you're going to go if you don't know Jesus. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so, so, so the question is, what is, what is okay for me to say and what is okay is not for me to say? Because there's words all throughout the Bible that we're taught that you'll get rode up in school if you say them. And here's, I think, is a, is a really good way to form your opinion of that, okay? Every culture has words that we, for whatever reason, in my opinion, there is no such thing as a bad word. Every word is, is, is out there. It's not a bad word. But cultures have made words foul and abusive, and the scripture says, don't allow, don't use foul and abusive language. So in a culture that you are in, if a word that you are using is considered foul and abusive as a Christian, it's just much better for you not to use that word. And that's different in almost every culture. When you get all around the world, that's different. You have to learn your culture in order to learn what to say. There's things that I say to my wife and my friends that I'm not going to say from the stage. Why? Because in my wife and my friends, that's a different culture than up here on the stage. There's lots of cultures represented in this room. And I don't want to offend any of them. 
And so what am I going to do? I'm going to speak to you in a, tool, in a way that I'm not going to use foul or abusive language. So if you've ever dealt with that, what word should I say? What word shouldn't I say? You right now are in the Bible Belt, East Texas, Christian culture. And there's words here in the schools. There's words here that should not be said. Am I saying that you're going to go to hell if you say one of those words? No. I'm just saying you are a a professing Christian. And as a Christian, you're a witness of Jesus Christ. And my encouragement to you as your pastor is try to be as holy as you can possibly be with your witness. When you go to cultures of people, respect that culture and don't use foul or abusive language. Did that help anyone? Amen. Amen. That is how you fulfill the verse. Don't use foul and abusive language. Okay. Well, today I'm talking about the power and destruction that comes along when we speak curses. I want to give you the biblical definition of curses, and that is to call down evil upon others violently, to call for evil to rest on someone, or an invocation of evil against one's enemy. Now, just for kicks, I want us to go back and I want us to look at the very first curse known to mankind. As a matter of fact, it was a curse against mankind. And it was at the very beginning. So probably all of you know where I'm going, what I'm talking about. In Genesis chapter one, it says that God created the heavens and the world, the earth and everything in it. It was void. And God created everything in Genesis chapter one. Uh, And in chapter two, he makes creation. He makes man. He makes all of the different things. He puts man in the perfect place. The Garden of Eden, where there's not sin yet and all of this hasn't taken place. He puts man there, the perfect place. And he tells the man, you can hang out, you can eat, you can have fun, you have dominion over the animals and over all of the earth. The one thing that I don't want you to do, don't eat from that tree. You see that tree? The rest of the trees, they're good, they're great, they're awesome. This tree is not good for you. If, in fact, he says, eating from that tree will bring forth death. Don't eat from that tree. So what does the man do? Go oh, we didn't even make it one chapter. One chapter, chapter three. Get to chapter three. What does the man do? The man goes and the serpent comes along and he convinces Eve to eat of the fruit. And then Eve goes and convinces Adam to eat of the fruit. And then we have our father, God, who comes to discipline us because good parents discipline their kids. Amen. And so God, the father comes and he says, I want to read you this. It breaks. Listen, it is. It breaks my heart every time I read this. Genesis chapter three, verses 14 through 19. Here's what it says. It says, then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Anyone ever notice just a natural hostility between people and snakes? Why is that? Because they curse. And they cursed with that hostility. There's that natural. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy. And in pain, you will give birth and you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And then he said to the man, oh, since you listen to your wife, always hurts to hear that one, (laughs) and ate from the tree 
whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. Think about that, y'all. He didn't even curse necessarily anything on Adam. He cursed his entire creation because of what Adam did. The ground, the world, the perfect place that was perfect is now cursed because of you. All of your life, you will struggle and scratch a living from it, and it will grow thorns and thistles for you. Though you will eat of its grains, by the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and to dust you will return. That's equally depressing every time I read it. (laughs) But it helps us to understand so much about the life that we're living in, about how things started, about creation, and about the curse that came about because of sin. God spoke that curse. And when he spoke it, there was power in what he spoke and the ground was cursed. Now listen to me, for the last three weeks, I have been telling you that there is power in the words that come out of your mouth. What does that mean? That means that you can speak life and you can speak death just as God did. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21 says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And you don't have to believe that for that to be the case. You just have to speak. And that is the case. This is a sermon that you wouldn't often hear preached, but I believe that it is so important because I believe that so many times we don't see us cursing someone as the way that we curse someone. How we think about cursing so many times is like, well, cursing is like a form of witchcraft or cursing is something that witches do and people put spells on people. But listen, when you speak down about someone or you speak something negative to someone, what you are doing through the words that are coming out of your mouth is you are cursing them. Somebody say that's powerful. So I want you to think right now about what you speak over people, what you speak over your spouse, what you speak over your kids, what you speak over your coworkers and your boss. Oh, what you speak about your enemies over the Democrats or the Republicans or the independents or the whoever it is that you consider your enemies. What would it look like to speak curses over people? Think about that. How about this one? Well, I just want to get a divorce. What are you doing? You're speaking a curse over your spouse. (laughs) Lord, help him. You're speaking a curse, and I have seen 100% of the time out of my friends that when you allow that to continue to come out of your mouth, you speak that right into existence. All of my best friends that took place with. You speak. What about my wife or my husband is a lazy bum? Well, if they were a lazy bum, they're going to stay a lazy bum because you're speaking that into their life. You're cursing them. My kid will never get his stuff together. What are you doing? You're speaking that into existence. Somebody that you don't like, I just wish she would get hit by a car. Listen, I said that because this is a true story. One of my buddies, he, one time he spoke that, uh, just kidding around. He was like, man, that's somebody that I just, I would be okay with her getting hit by a car. That night, she was walking across the street, boom, got hit by a car. 
And I was with him when he spoke that. So I'm not, I, that is not. What you speak has power. And if the Bible is true, and there truly is power in your words, then when you speak these kind of things, then you are cursing whoever you are speaking them about. I'm about to read a scripture, and we're going to dig into this. You've probably heard this scripture before, but Matthew chapter 21, if you have your Bibles and you want to jump there with me, Matthew chapter 21 and verse 21 and 22 says this. It says, then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth, if you have faith and don't doubt, you can do things just like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. Verse 22, you can pray anything, and if you have faith, you can receive it. Now, again, these are, these are famous sayings right here. Most of us have heard that quoted, either reading it or hearing a, pe- a preacher preach about it or somebody pray with it. But do you know what was taking place, what the example was that he gave before he said, if you have faith, you can speak to this mountain, and the mountain will be thrown into the sea? Do you remember what that was? He cursed a fig tree. And then he says, you can do things just like this. He cursed a fig tree. Look with me, verse 18. Matthew 21 and verse 18. It says, in the morning, as Jesus was returning to Jerusalem, he was hungry. Anybody ever been hungry? And he noticed a fig tree beside the road. He went over to see if there were figs, but there were only leaves. And he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. I think Jesus was hungry, y'all. Angry. And immediately, everybody say immediately. immediately. The fig tree withered up. The disciples were amazed when they saw this and they said, How did the fig tree wither so quickly? And then we go back to what I just read you. Then Jesus told them, If you have faith and don't doubt, you can do these things. You can even say to this mountain to pick up and throw into the sea when you pray. If you believe and have faith, anything is possible. By cursing that fig tree and seeing it wither, he showed us the power in having faith and in our hearts speaking it through our words. Let me share with you one more scripture and then we're going to dig into where we're going. James chapter 3, verses 7 and 10, 7 through 10. It says, People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. How many people? No one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. The Bible says here it's not right for us to pour out blessings and cursings out of our mouth. You know, we don't talk about this a lot in church, but as Christians, we have got to stop speaking curses and negativity about people and instead learn to speak blessings. So here's what I want to do. We're closing this thing out. I want to give you three things today to stop speaking curses over. Three things today to stop speaking curses over. If you're taking notes, the very first one, number one, stop speaking curses over yourself. Remember I said there's power in your words? What kind of words do you speak about yourself? It absolutely blows my mind what I hear come out of people's mouths so many times, especially young people. 
They, they've developed this, and they just speak negatively all the time. Listen, break that habit and start to form some new habits. It blows my mind how much death and negativity that people speak over themselves. I'll never measure up. I'll never be a good dad, good mom. I'll never become a mature Christian. I'll never find love. I'll never find a good job. I'll never lose all this weight. I'll never be good enough. I'm always going to be a loser. I'm always going to be a drunk. I'm always going to be broke. I hate my life. I could go on and on and on and on and I could get way more negative because those are just very, very basic things that people say and I hear those things said all the time. We've gotten really good at speaking curses over our own lives. And let me just go ahead and tell you, I believe that when you speak those things and you believe those things, that you are literally speaking those things into existence. What do you mean? I mean, if you speak, I'm always gonna be broke, guess what? You're always going to be broke. Don't wonder why. You're speaking it into existence. I'm never going to find love. Well, if you know Christ, you already found love. Stop speaking death. And you know what else I believe? I believe so many times we speak things and we don't believe there's a lot of power in it because we're like, oh, I was just clowning. You know, I, was, I, was, I didn't really mean it. Oh, I hate my life. I was just, you know, I didn't mean I hate my life. I was just being retarded or funny or whatever it was that I was trying to be. When you speak something, listen to me. The Bible says, it says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what does that mean? That means even if you were just trying to be funny, if you allowed it to come out of your mouth, there is a seed somewhere in your heart. And at some point, what can happen is Satan can come and he can begin to water that seed. That seed. Oh, I hate my life. I hate my life. Oh, the, whatever. You can put that in for you. He waters that seed. And maybe it just started as a joke. Maybe you didn't actually hate your life. But what happens is as he waters that seed, that, 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 that forms inside of you. And the older that you get and the more that you speak it, and the, the more that you speak it, the more that you believe it. And what happens one day? You hate your life. You wake up. You don't even know how this happened, but you hate your life. Let me tell you how you happen. It happened because you've been speaking that into existence for all of this time. And because you've spoken it into existence, you, 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 it started as a joke, and that seed began to grow, and you begin to believe it in your heart, and because it was in your heart, you spoke it into your life, and it became true. Amen. So stop speaking curses and negativity over yourself. So what should you speak over yourself? Positivity. Life. How about scripture? Let me give you some things to speak over yourself. I want to give you just a few things. You probably want to write them down because they're so good. One of my favorite things to speak over myself is 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Some of y'all know what it is. I am a new creation in Christ. The old me is dead. He gone. He passed away. When I got baptized and I let myself go under that water, when I came up, there wasn't no more Josh Pogue. It was Jesus in Josh Pogue. And that dude is still in the water. But what happens is Satan is so stinking good at trying to bring that bad guy back from the dead. He's just so good at trying to bring up memories that that guy had that this is no longer you. You're a new creation and you got to speak that you're a new creation because if you're not speaking that, eventually Satan's going to convince you that you're that same old person that's dead in the water. 
I bet God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When Satan starts trying to jack with my mind, give me anxiety or make me worry about things, what should I do? I should not sit there and think about those things. I should start saying, God ain't giving me a spirit of fear. He gave me a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. A sound mind means I got control of my mind. And if Satan right now is feeding things into my mind, I don't have control of my mind. So I'm speaking these things as though they are. And they become that way. I like this one, y'all. 2 Thessalonians 3.16. The Lord of peace is peace. And in every way, he always gives me his peace. You know, the Bible says that it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. You can't even understand it. I don't even have to understand that the Bible says you give me peace. That what's going on here is not peaceful. So I speak in the name of Jesus that I have peace because the Lord said that in, in everything, he can give me peace. Speak those things into existence. One more. I'm more of a couple more. I am the head and not the tail. I like that. I don't want to be the tail. (laughs) All authority has been given to me from Jesus. What does that mean? That means I have the authority to fight back. That means I don't have to give up. That means he's given me authority to to do what he's called me and asked me to do. If you speak those words, eventually you're going to believe them. You're planting that seed, just like you can plant that seed of negativity and death. You can plant those seeds of life. And you may not believe it at the very beginning, but the more that it comes out of you and the more that your faith builds and the more that you speak it and the more that you attack your thoughts, you will begin to believe it and you'll see it come to pass. Amen. Amen. Number one, stop cursing yourself. Number two, Stop cursing your loved ones. Oof. You know, it's crazy. I've found this to be true in most situations and circumstances. People talk worst to the people that they love the most. That stinks, y'all. We speak the most negativity to those that we love the most. And I know it makes absolutely no sense at all, but I've noticed it to be true in my life. And I bet if you were to search out your own life, you would see that that is the case in your life as well. Why in the world do we do that? Because <laughs> we dumb. Because <laughs> we're stupid. That's a great way to put it. I think the reason that we do that is, I can't prove it by the Bible, but I think that the reason that we do that is because we know that we can show the worst part of ourselves to them, that we can be free with them, that we can let out our steam with them and they're still gonna be there because they love us, even though they see that awful side. And I wanna tell you from experience, that does not make it right. I have literally caught myself tearing down my wife and my kids for something stupid. I mean, at the end of it, you're like, God, you're an idiot. Like tearing down my wife or my kids. Something like 
in, in, with any other person, I wouldn't do it. But I guess because it's my wife and my kids and I'm trying to train them up or whatever it is that I, I think I'm justified in making them feel stupid. I don't know. Something like rolling up an extension cord correctly. There's definitely a correct way to roll up the extension cord. If you don't know that, sweet, we need to pray for y'all. You need to be at the altar. <laughs> Rolling it, you, first of all, you gotta roll from one specific end. Because if you roll from the wrong end, then you cannot unravel it right. You have to roll from one end. And second of all, you don't have kinks and knots and all those things in the extension cord. You roll it up, but I have caught myself like watching one of my kids roll up an extension cord and like go over there and yanking it out of their hand. Like I've told you a thousand times, what are you stupid? Like give me the extension cord, I'll just do it myself. But with anybody else, I don't do that. I just go over and be like, hey, won't you let me roll that extension cord? I got it, you go work on something else. Did y'all ever notice that you speak the worst things to the people that you love the most? We need to stop speaking death over the people that we love. You know, I was talking to Christy about this last night. And um, yeah, that's me, y'all. I hate it. But I do that. Boys, I love y'all. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm going to try to do better. Catch me when I'm stupid. Um, (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate that. Oh, that was good. Okay. Now I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> so I was talking to Christy about this last night, and uh, we were talking, and she said, Josh, she said, when we got married, oh, when we got married, I was a horrible person. I was not a Christian at the time. I didn't know what in the world I was. Um, and I, the things that I spoke to her, the things that I did to her is really embarrassing. Never even tell them to you. Um, But she said that she was praying and trying to work on me. And she said, I met with somebody at the church. And she said, Josh, that person told me to write down all of the characteristics that you want to see in your husband. And you begin, when he does that stupid stuff, you begin to speak those characteristics into him. And so she wrote down some of the stuff that she had remembered that she had, that she had said about me when I was an idiot, <laughs> was an idiot. <laughs> and she said she would speak, my husband is a godly man, and he's a wonderful father. He loves God. I can't read that. <laughs> he loves God and is leading my family the way that he should. I have a husband that makes me feel loved and appreciated. That was not true. And she went on and on and began to tell me those things. I believe with all my heart that by faith, she spoke those things into existence because now that is the person that I am. So listen, sometimes... Sometimes living with somebody sucks. But what you have to do is you, I want to challenge you to do with your kids, with your spouse, with your parents, is to write down the characteristics that you want to see in those people, godly characteristics, and you begin to speak those things. Now, what's going to happen? Let me go ahead and tell you, because I'm sure it did with Christy. 
is that that person is going to do the exact opposite because Satan is going to be working against the power that's coming out of your mouth. And when they do the opposite, you keep speaking what you believe will be the truth. And I believe that you will see that truth come to pass. Why do I believe that? Because there's power in your words. Number three. Number one, stop speaking curses over yourself. Number two, stop speaking curses over your loved ones. Number three, stop speaking curses over your enemies. Over your enemies. Now, if I was to ask you the question, who has hurt you? Who has lied to you? Whoever's squeezing the water bottle, could you please stop? <laughs> who, I'm sorry, mama, I, sorry. <laughs> who has offended you? Who has betrayed you? I bet as I say those things, you got faces popping up in your mind. Right? You know what we do in the American culture? We celebrate. When somebody gets hurt and then they rise back up to get vengeance and revenge, so many times in our culture, we celebrate them getting that revenge. Don't we? Think about it. Think about the movies that we watch. I thought about my favorite movies. You have Taken. What happens in Taken? This guy's daughter gets taken. And the whole movie is about him getting vengeance. He, on the phone, he says, I will kill you. (laughs) Gladiator. Wonderful movie. What's the movie about? His whole family gets killed. And he goes on this mission to avenge his family. Braveheart! Freedom! It's all about his wife that gets killed and he's fighting until death for vengeance for his wife. What we do in our culture and our society is we get behind those people because we feel like the vengeance that they're getting is justified. We root for these people. We look at him like he's a hero and we want the enemy to pay. Honestly, I chose three of my favorite movies because I do the same thing. I want you to think about this. Jesus Our leader, our savior, says for us to love our enemies, not get vengeance on them. Oh, y'all, that's hard. Because we celebrate the opposite. Romans chapter 12 and verse 19, Paul says, dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. Anybody else besides me find that a little bit challenging? As a matter of fact, not only are we not supposed to take revenge, but verse 14 says, bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Don't speak death about the people that you really want to speak death about. Instead, speak life about them. Wow. Listen to me right now. Even though it is very countercultural and very unnatural, I want to give you a challenge to begin to bless and speak life 
over your enemies. What if you could speak into existence their salvation? What if because of what you did and you spoke and you doing what God has asked us to do, you could build the church of Jesus Christ and make them a friend instead of an enemy. My challenge for you today on this point is to speak and pray life and blessings over your enemies. As I close this morning, I want to ask you to stand. And as you're standing, I want to ask our worship team to step out and come and just begin to play in the background. And as the worship team is coming, I want to ask our altar team, would you guys step out and would you come up to the front? Listen to me this morning. Don't let me lose you right now. Today is the day to literally change the trajectory of your life, your marriage, your children, your loved ones, your enemies, because there's power in the words that come out of your mouth. They can be used as a weapon to cut and to tear down, or they can be used to heal and bring life but it's completely up to you. Don't be okay with the death that's come out of your mouth in the past. Make the decision today to change that. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? As everyone is bowing their head and closing their eyes, altar team, come and join me. Heavenly Father, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would begin to lead us, that you would begin to guide us, that you would begin to help us to see what we need to work on and change this morning. If you're here and you're not following the Lord, real quickly, I want to talk to you. Maybe you followed the Lord in the past, but life happened. And as of right now, you haven't been following him. And maybe today the Holy Spirit is drawing you. The word of God says no one can come to the Father unless the Spirit is drawing. If the Holy Spirit is drawing you to get your life right with him this morning, listen to me. Do not walk out of the doors without getting your life right. It doesn't matter how many times you've been to an altar or if you've never been to an altar. If he's pulling and drawing today, today is the day to change the course of your life. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And God saw this as a problem and because he saw it as a problem, he sent Jesus to be our savior, to be our Lord and to be our king. And because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross, we can be saved. And if you're not living in that salvation, today is the day to step out and get it. Secondly, number two, if you're here and you need prayer to break habits with your mouth, complaining and criticizing and gossiping and cursing, chances are it's more than just habits. That it's a seed that's planted into your heart. And what you need to do is you need to find a place to allow God to fix and confess the things that are going on in your heart. And if you need prayer, our team would love to pray for you. Lastly, if you're here and there's anything else going on, maybe you need healing or maybe you have, you need prayer for things that are coming on in your life. If you need prayer in just a second, when they begin to sing this song, whether you need to give your life to Jesus, whether you need to work on your mouth and your heart or whether you need prayer for something else, do not allow Satan to talk you out of getting what God wants for you to get today.
Heavenly Father, as we begin to sing this song, I pray right now that you would draw all of us to get closer to you and to receive what you have for us today. Come on, right now, if you need prayer or you need to find a place to get with Jesus, step out. Do not allow Satan to stop you from getting what you need to get today. Right now.